0: Well, good morning, church family. How are you doing this morning? Good to see you. I'm Jonathan. I I'm, uh, serve as a small groups pastor here, and I'm glad that you're joining us here in person. Uh, we are in a series called Bless, uh, because one of the most powerful ways we can bless someone's life is to point them to God and to His love and to His grace in Christ. But many times we hold back because... The timing doesn't feel right to share our faith, or we don't know where to start, or it feels forced, or like we're making a sales pitch to someone. And this whole series, as we looked at last week, is focused on answering this crucial question Can we learn to share our faith in a way that's natural and relational and more effective so that we can help people who are far from God find their way back to God? Because, I mean, just think about it, what if you really could learn a way to share your faith where the, where the timing does feel right, where the beginning point does make sense, and it doesn't feel forced, and it's actually appreciated by the person that you're sharing with? That's where we're going with this blessed series, and that's where we're headed today in the sermon. Uh, but before we jump into the sermon, um, I have a special update from Pastor Henry.
1: Hey, Five Oaks family.
0: We promised to give you more details
1: on the BLESS campaign, and we'll be doing that for the next seven weeks. One of the least well-utilized spaces for ministry in our church, in our church building, and especially for our kids' ministry and student ministries, has been our gym. The acoustics aren't good. The affordable media solutions leave a lot to be desired. And the staging was always intended to be added to with a portable stage at a later date. It doesn't work well without it. You may have noticed it was even designed for storage of that thrust stage right under the stage. So one of the goals of the Bless Campaign is to retool the gym space for ministry, more effective ministry. We want to make it a great space on Sunday mornings for kids ministry. We want to make it a much better space for student ministries on Wednesdays. And we want to make it a more effective space for the various activities that we have from men's ministry to women's ministry to all church events. We're talking about upgrades like large screen projectors, stage lighting, sound and lighting boards, a portable thrust stage, and additional acoustic treatments for great and effective communication and teaching this can be a great space to bless our families and our entire church but it also means we can be more effective in reaching out to our neighbors who try out five oaks and the neighbors that you invite and the neighbors that your kids invite to their ministries so if you haven't already done so text the word "bless" to 94090 you'll get updates along the way in this campaign and you'll be letting us know of your commitment to pray about your role in blessing our world. When people walk into the gym space and experience ministry there, this retool space will underscore and reflect our commitment to loving our neighbors and to our mission to families. Please be praying and text the word BLESS to 94090.
0: Awesome, some pretty exciting stuff. Looking forward to, we're gonna see more updates each week just like that, and it's going to be a great as we continue to pray about how we might engage with the, uh, the BLESS campaign. But let's get back to our question. What if you could learn a way to share your faith where the timing feels right, it doesn't feel forced, and what you share is actually appreciated? Because uh, as we looked at last week, the key to sharing our faith that's natural, relational, more effective is found in the word bless. It's, it's the strategy for helping people that are far from God find their way back to God. It's something that went all the way back to the, the call of Abraham, as Henry looked at last week and is modeled through in Jesus' life and the rest of Scripture. So when, when we see that, we can, when we ask the question if we can share our faith to help people who are far from God find their way back to God, we have confidence that the answer is absolutely. Yes, we can. BLESS is a five-part missional strategy that we learn from Jesus, and it's an acronym. BLESS is one of those words that we're going to be a part of our church family culture for years to come. And we can look back at this word and the different letters that it represents and look at how are we doing as a a church family. And so today we're going to be starting with our first practice, which is B, begin with prayer. And uh, as we do that, we're going to be in Luke chapter 6, so if you want to open your Bibles or your phones or tablets to Luke chapter 6, we're going to be in verses 12 through 16 today. And uh, before we jump into this scripture, uh, we need to pray because we need the Spirit of God to illuminate the scripture and speak to our hearts today. That's, that's why we're here, to hear from God and His Word. So, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we need you. Our world needs you. Thank you for the freedom and the hope and the restoration that you offer. Remind us that the power of the gospel is salvation for everyone who believes. No one is beyond your reach. By your Holy Spirit, guide us as we look to your word. Use your word to teach us to trust in your power and the power of the gospel. Open our hearts to love lost people. Lead us to be ready and willing to share that hope that only you can bring. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Luke 6, verses 12 through 16. One of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor.
0: Okay, so as you listen to the scripture today, you probably already know what I'm going to say. Jesus made prayer a priority. Even Jesus used prayer to make decisions, and he's God. Jesus reached the whole world by praying and choosing some people to spend his time with. Jesus is the model for our life. Now make sure you begin with praying. End of sermon, mic drop, all done. Okay, no, we're not going to do that. Where am I going today? Uh, I want us to answer three, I think, important questions and it comes to, when it comes to sharing our faith with people far from God and doing it effectively. So I want us to answer the question, why is it essential to begin with prayer? Why is it essential to begin with prayer? I also want to answer the question of what is actually happening when I pray for people far from God? What is happening when I do that? And I want to finish um, with how do I how do practically do this? This beginning with prayer thing, praying for people far from God in the crazy rhythms of my life right now. How do I, how do I practically do that? So why, what happens, and how to do it? That's where we're going today. So let's, let's start with why. Um, I mean, why not just spend the time I would be in prayer on the other practices we're going to learn, like listen with care? Eat together, serve with love, share your story. Why not just spend your time over that? Surely the prayer part is just all about getting us to do those other things, right? But but actually those kind of thoughts are roadblocks to our prayer life and can lead us to be distracted from actually praying. And, And let me share a quick story about that. Pastor and author Tim Keller was asked one time, why are we so distracted from actually praying? Why are we so distracted from actually doing the praying thing. And Tim says this, I was talking with my wife and she was, she's telling me if the doctor said you have a fatal condition and unless you take this medicine every night from 11 to 1115 and swallow these pills, you will be dead by morning. If that was the case, she said, you would never miss. You would never say I was too tired or I didn't get to it or I was watching a movie And I didn't leave time. You would never do that. You see, at some level, we don't see prayer as essential. Or or we feel that we maybe don't actually need to pray. And to be honest, I've fallen into this kind of thinking before. I've thought, well, God's just going to do what he's going to do. Or, I didn't pray yesterday, and it, it went okay, I guess. But when we're talking about praying for people far from God, getting ourselves in a relationship with God through prayer, here's the thing we see clear from Scripture in like places like John 6 and others, that no one will turn to Christ without the supernatural work of God on their heart. So follow me on this, because think of a person in your life right now, in your mind, who's far from God, and you just love them. I bet that you want the Holy Spirit working on Their heart. And that you see their decision to follow Christ as an eternal life or death situation. And you also see how Jesus could impact their life right now, right in this moment, right away. See, the thing is, we need to pray because the stakes are eternal. The stakes are eternal. We would never say this aloud, but you see, when we don't pray, it can be as if we think it's going to be our power, our insights, our arguments, our conversations that are going to get them to follow Christ. Prayer reminds us that it's God's work we are partnering with. Sometimes we just need to carry the weight just for a second of the eternal trajectory of that person in our life far from God so that we turn ourselves to God, trusting Him, knowing that He truly carries the weight and uses us to be His partner. See, as we looked in the passage today, Jesus prayed through the night. Jesus prayed through the night. He knew the importance of prayer and the people that His Father was leading Him to invest in. So what if we could be a people praying for God to be moving in that way, that, that we feel so desperate for God's presence and direction that we're praying like Jesus in this passage. And at the same time, we're, we're partnering with the Spirit to be ready to move at a moment's notice. I mean, just think about it for a second. Have you ever noticed the difference in your life in those seasons where you felt close to God through prayer and those more prayerless seasons? Just contrast them in your mind. Have you noticed the difference? I mean, have you noticed that when you pray, it seems that coincidences happen and when you don't, they don't? I want to share a story that I had the privilege to shoot a couple weeks ago. You know, if, if I were to bottle up my sermon in a five-minute video, this would be it. So I want to share that with you right now.
2: Well, this started with uh, Henry asking me, hey, could we uh, talk about uh, your relationship with you and your buddy Dave? And at that time at church, we were doing uh, just a walk across the room on uh, personal evangelism and um, sharing sharing Christ. And Henry at that time said, uh, you know, write down these people you want to know in your life who are close to you, who you want to know Jesus. And he says, put them down on a card and start praying for them.
3: Well, I met the Hill family um, very early on, as our uh, oldest sons were uh, both involved in sports. We did some things socially together uh, with our uh, families and such, and you uh, became uh, what I consider a, a, a close friend of Jim and, and his wife Karen uh, during that process.
2: And so, I date my buddy Dave, was uh, was on that list for me, and I started praying for him. And as I prayed, I'm like my my. My buddy Dave's Jewish, and my son played basketball with his friend. And really, how am I going to share my faith with him? So I just, just we just prayed. Karen and I prayed.
3: Over time, uh, a significant storm hit my life uh, that was uh, pretty devastating to me. Uh, it, it, uh, you know, crushed uh, me as a person and uh, everything that I thought I had or was. Uh, uh, to, uh, to my family and my, my community.
2: I, my phone rings and it's Dave, and he's saying, uh, and his voice is very broken, he was going through some troubled times.
3: He said, Could you meet me at Caribou? And I said, Sure. And um, Jim was uh, kind enough to respond and uh, met me uh, over a cup of coffee and uh, started chatting about uh, the storm that I was going through, the brokenness that I uh, was feeling, and uh, uh, asked if I would uh, join him uh, at church.
2: He asked, uh, can I start going to church with you? And I'm like... Really God you 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 made this this easy. He calls me. I don't have to call
3: him like this is this just doesn't make sense so uh, Jim was uh, kind enough to uh, to meet me and uh, You know take me into five oaks and and sit with me and uh, you know that was uh, Probably the most uh, you know transformational moment uh, in my life at that time. I was uh, I was just taken back, uh, you know, by my first experience at Five Oaks, I, uh, the music, uh, the warmness of uh, the people within the church, and then um, uh, the sermon uh, and the teaching that Henry gave just seemed to be uh, so relevant to me at the time and uh, where I was, and I, uh, I felt welcome. And it was a totally different uh, experience from a faith perspective than I had ever, you know, experienced uh, previously.
2: And Dave was interested in coming to BSF and my Jewish friend, Davis, Dave, what do they have going at that time? The life of Moses. Who knows the life of Moses better than my Jewish friend, Dave, better than me, probably.
3: Through a period of about two years, I became convinced that uh, Jesus was for real and, uh, you know, my uh, salvation uh, really depended on accepting and acknowledging that fact and putting my faith and trust in Jesus. I continue to grow uh, and become deeper and stronger in terms of my belief and my faith and uh, now uh, uh, co-facilitate uh, a men's small group, and um, you know, work with uh, youth and in uh, others to help them as much as I can, and uh, helping them in their journeys of faith as well.
2: All it took was writing his name on a card in prayer, and he called me. Who'd have thought?
0: story to be able to to hear and capture Um, but before I move on I I want you in your mind to think about that video put yourself in the seat of Jim and Dave and his transformation think of that person in your life far from God and put that person in the future in that seat think about a couple years from now shooting a video in your basement at this friend's house and you getting to share their story of coming to know Jesus. It's powerful. Jim prayed. God moved. And over time, Dave responded and his eternal trajectory was changed. Why do we need to pray? Because the stakes are eternal. We literally need God's presence to move in us and others, and we need his wisdom. And here's the thing, we need to pray because every other practice in all of the blessed practices will be influenced by this first one. How effective we are in all the other practices hinges on this first one. Okay, so the next question, what happens when we begin with prayer? What happens? Well, God readies hearts for his kingdom. God readies hearts for his kingdom. When we, when we looked at the scripture today, it, it, it doesn't say what Jesus prayed. It just said he prayed all night. But, but we do know the results of that night of prayer. He called and he chose the 12 disciples and, and from a large number. If you read on to verse 17, and he comes down and there were a large crowd of his disciples. And, and we also know about Jesus' prayer life from the, the Lord's Prayer and the Prayer in the garden that Jesus was praying for and aligning himself with the Father's will. I sometimes actually wonder to myself some of those prayers that aren't spelled out, what actually was happening there. You know, was Jesus kind of going, All right, okay, Peter, are you sure about Peter? He's a little wishy washy. Um, Or we're going to make Judas in charge of the money? Okay, all right, we'll do that, all right. But The one thing we do know is that the the Father was in relationship with Jesus in this night-long prayer, readying Jesus for what was next, and the Spirit of God was moving in the hearts of the disciples he was about to call. I mean, just think about this for a second. Jesus, the Son of God, is praying all night long. You better believe that God is moving in ways we can only begin to fathom. And I don't know about you, but I, I sometimes get kind of overwhelmed thinking about all the friends that I know that don't know Jesus. There's kind of, just so many, and I sometimes just feel my efforts aren't doing anything. I just feel like, what am, I, you know, what am I doing? Is this even doing anything? And we need to turn to prayer because of what can happen in prayer. And uh, Corey Ten Boom highlights this. She was a Dutch woman and a watchmaker helping uh, Jews escape during the Holocaust. And this is what she has to say about prayer. The wonderful thing about praying is that you leave a world of not being able to do something and enter God's realm where everything is possible. He specializes in the impossible. Nothing is too great for His almighty power. Nothing is is too small for his love. We know the great work of Jesus, God becoming man, dying on the cross for our sins and rising from the dead that we might have new life. But have you seen something really interesting in this passage that this night long prayer led to Jesus choosing 12 guys who would take the message of the risen Christ to the ends of the earth And is the reason you and I know Jesus today? Can you see the connection that the prayer that Jesus prayed in this passage had God move in such a way that we are in relationship with him today? There was an eternal ripple effect in this prayer. Okay, so why do we pray? Because the stakes are eternal. And what happens when we pray? Well, we can only just begin to imagine. He moves in ways we can only begin to to understand and he readies hearts for his kingdom. He's readying our heart to move in response to his moving and he readies the hearts of the people far from God's people to love and share the good news of Jesus. Okay, and our last question today. This is going to get really practical. How to begin to pray for people far from God? Because one of the most many powerful connections in the story of Jim and Dave earlier was the sense of unique calling that God has for each one of us. Remember, Jim prayed, God moved, Dave responded over time, and then his eternity changed. Um, One of the things that Jim shared, he had felt that God had uniquely called to him, to his, his family, his friends, his neighbors, his co-workers. Jim was saying that the other Christian brothers and sisters in his life weren't in relationship with these unique individuals. That God had put Jim in a specific spot in those people's lives uniquely. And now because of that, Dave is following Christ because of Jim's willingness to pray and follow the Spirit in that moving. Dave now has a set of unique people that he can reach. And people that have gone through similar storms as Dave... You know, we are probably aware of a lot of people that don't know Christ. But we have to intentionally pick some to focus in on. We want to influence everyone that we encounter, every day, absolutely. But I think God puts certain people in our life for every season. And we need to focus in on those people. Just like Jesus picked 12 in today's passage. But for us, I'm going to suggest a top five. And that's how we're going to start this prayer. Uh, This is a habit of praying for your top five. A habit of praying for your top five. Now, there's a lot of ways you could pick your top five, but we want to pick it like Jesus. We want this to be bathed in prayer, wisdom um, from the Father. And uh, I want to walk us through just five super, super practical steps. But let me just quickly say something about this, is that... I'm someone, especially in my personal life, who looks at what I want to do and then comes up with this grandiose vision, this big idea. This is the ideal way I'm going to put this into place. And then when I don't live up to the own ideal, I end up just failing and not doing anything. And for me, I need to start small and just build from there. Get the rhythm in. And so... Hopefully this will be helpful for you. I'm actually going to share this one via um, On Location. All right, so here are the uh, five steps to putting yourself in a place to make a habit to praying for your top five. The first one is make a big list and pick the top five. And uh, so you'll see on your sermon application guide, there's this frank method. And the Frank method is meant to help you kind of think through the different spheres of influence that you have. The, the, the friends, the relatives, the acquaintances, the neighbors, and the co-workers. And so write down this big list. And you can even be praying for each of these names as you write them down. It actually can be quite interesting to see how many different people are in your life. And um, after that point... What you're wanting to do is look at people who might be leaning into your life, who's leaning in, and then also look at who are some people that know you, where you are the only one that knows Christ in their life, that you're the only person. And so then from that list, pick your top five. That can be less than five or more than five. Um, God will lead you in that, but pick your top five. And then secondly, what I want you to do is uh, I, I want us to write it down on a card, a journal, or an app. Um, there are tons of great prayer apps out there like Echo Prayer and Prayer Mate and just tons of other ones that you could use. Um, but Or just take a card and just write the five names on it and just be praying for those. Or make a card for each person or have a journal but get the names in a spot that you're going to come back to um something that you would practically use if you'd more use the phone versus the physical do that just use what you practically would use which which leads me and most importantly to the third item which is pick a practical place to uh to put this list And so if you're you're using an app um, and you're using a reminder on the app, uh, make sure that the reminder is coming at a time where you're going to be in a place and ready to pray when that reminder comes in. Um, And for the card or the journal, uh, put that in a place where you're actually going to use it, where it's going to remind you uh, to use it. You know, Jim in the story earlier had put his in the visor of his car. And I actually am going to use a journal this year and I'm going to I'm going to put it right in the passenger seat of the car. That's why I'm uh, in the car. Help you remember that. Uh, But maybe for you, it's in the bathroom or on your nightstand or it's right on your computer keyboard. You know you best. So put it in the place where you actually are going to use it, because the fourth step is to do it daily. We want to be doing this daily. We want to foster um, our heart for people that are lost and be praying for them. And the thing is, this type of prayer is something that's very simple. It can start out with just praying for the names and praying that uh, God would be working in their life and that you'd see opportunities to love and serve them uh, in their life as well. And that can be less than a minute. So don't get grandiose, don't get idealistic, don't set, you know, the is the limit. Start really small, really practical. And if you're someone who has already some set habits, which, like most of us do, uh, stick this in the stack, your habit stack. Um, if you don't know what habit stack is, just Google it, but a, a habit stack, um, if you put a, a new habit in the habit stack, it's more likely to stick. If you put it in the stack, more likely to stick. So uh, make sure to do that. And the last one, which is uh, probably particularly one of the hardest ones, is to tell your top five that you're praying for them. Tell your top five that you're praying for them. Uh, This can be a powerful way to just um, come into good conversation with those people in your life that are far from God. This is a way for you to hear maybe more about what's going on in their life. Maybe they'll say, well, could you pray for this? Um, and you're gonna see how God uses that opportunity. And, um, you know, follow the Holy Spirit leading on this one. For some of the people on your list, you might be waiting a little while before you say that you're praying for them. Others, you might wanna be telling them uh, immediately. And, um, You know, and for some people, you know, I'm not saying you have to go up and say, Hey, I wanted to let you know that I am praying that you come to know Christ really soon. Um, That might seem a little uh, crazy or cheese ball to some people, but for other people you have a great relationship with, that might be okay to say. Um, And so just follow the Spirit's leading in this. So make your list, get it written down or put in the app. Pick a practical place, do it every day, and then tell them that you're praying for it. And just watch what God is going to do. Just watch what God is going to do as we start that. Okay, well, I know that is very practical, very instructional. There's like exact processes to follow. You know, you got to do what fits for you. But at some level, almost take this as a challenge. To go, you know what, for this season, I'm going to do this. And I want to see and watch what God does. Take it as a challenge. Because when we, when we started this sermon, I had said that we want to share our faith in a way that's natural, relational, and more effective. And when we begin with prayer, sharing our faith becomes much more natural because God imparts His heart into ours and it feels more natural. It's more relational because then you're praying about things that really matter, about these people that are in your life that are far from God and the things that they are dealing with and talking to them about that. And it's more effective because you put God at the center. He's the author of what's happening and we're partnering with Him rather than having all the pressure on ourselves. Okay, so, how do we pray for people far from God with a daily habit for our top five? And what happens when we do this, when we pray for people far from God? God moves hearts for his kingdom. And why we pray is because the stakes are eternal. I know that you and I have people in our life that are far from God and we, we just desperately want them to know Jesus. And we have, we have to be driven to prayer. I know for me, it is way easier for me to focus on the other practices, the listen, the eat, the serve, and the share, and we need to do all of those things. But I so easily forget to start with that prayer. I have to be super intentional. You can ask the guys in my small group. They keep me accountable. Ask me those questions. And so let's, let's do that together as a family of God, thinking about what we might hear and the stories we might share on video, years from now, of those people in your life that right now are far from God. And I want us to also just remember what Jesus has done in our own life. That can help be a catalyst for that. And, and we do that every week by celebrating communion together, remembering Christ's sacrifice for us. His body broken and his blood shed. As ask you just take out the elements now. And as a follower of Christ, I invite you to partake with me. First, remembering his body broken for us. And then his blood. Shed for us. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we thank you that you are a good, gracious, and loving God. We thank you for your son Jesus, his life, his work on the cross, his resurrection, and how that's totally changed our lives. I pray that if there's anyone here that has not made that decision to turn from the way their life is going and towards Jesus, they'd be working in their hearts right now. And Father, I also pray that same prayer for all of the different people that were in the minds of our church family here today those people that we thought of that we so badly want to know, we want them to know you. Would you be working in their hearts in this moment? Father, would you help us to have your heart for people who are far from you, that you love them and you want them to be restored back into relationship with you, people from all nations. All of our spheres of influence. Would you help us to trust you with this, Jesus? We love you so much. We love you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.